Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Sophia Costa, who is a physical therapist based out of Los Angeles, California. This conversation was amazing. I'm not going to hesitate any longer without further ado, Dr. Sophia Costa. Okay, we're good to go. How are you, my friend? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I don't think I'm doing as good as you are. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> because you're on the beach and I'm on a mountain. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're in desert so, weather. <laughs> oh, so I think you're winning. <laughs> That's. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the win. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start off by asking you a bunch of random questions, kind of rapid fire. Um, okay. So, what was your first car you ever owned? What was the first what? The first car you ever owned. Oh, uh, an Explorer, Ford Explorer. Oh, okay. And uh, what's your favorite sport? Favorite sport? Oh, my gosh, that's a tough one. I like a lot of sports, but the main one I I, I participated in growing up was tennis. Okay. And uh, who's your favorite superhero? Superman. That's easy. <laughs> yes. It couldn't have anything to do with Henry Cavill, could it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, uh, um, so what's your favorite place to travel to? Of course, my homeland, Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, that's where she is right now for all the people that are listening. So, you know, be jealous. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite book? Favorite book? That's a good question. I like any books um, authored by Osho. He was a spiritual teacher from India originally, but anything written by him, that's, uh, I would say, would be a favorite of mine. Okay. How do you spell that? Osho, O-S-H-O. O-S-H-O. Okay. I will look it up. Okay. So uh, let's give everybody a little bit of background on who you are and uh, kind of where you came from, why you uh, chose physical therapy and uh yeah, just kind of your superhero origin story. Yes, of course. Um, so my name is Sofia Costa. I'm originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And um, my major influence and inspiration were my parents. Uh, we moved to the States. Uh, my father joined the Air Force as a flight surgeon. He uh, went to medical school in Puerto Rico, and so then my mother. And then he decided to join the Air Force uh, to allow us to, to gain a better opportunity in the States, so we moved to Texas at the Air Force Base there, and he served for about three years. So I grew up in Texas, um, age, uh, age four, and I did my undergrad at Texas A&M University and graduated with a bachelor's in exercise physiology. And um, right after that, I was like, I wanted to be a trainer, and so I got certified through ACSM initially and became a trainer as soon as I graduated undergrad and um, just started working my way 
up there and got hired at Equinox Fitness in Miami eight months after working as a trainer in Texas. And so I made a move, um, not knowing anyone in Miami, and just took the risk and, and went for it. And um, so, yeah, so I was there for a little over three years in Miami. And then I got accepted into physical therapy school at University of St. Augustine for Health Sciences in San Marcos, California. So that's how I made it over to California, and I uh, earned my doctorate and have been practicing as a doctor of physical therapy for about six years now. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, did you start out in a solo practice, or did you work with somebody, or how did that work? Uh, great question. So as soon as I graduated, I, I worked in, in a sports ortho uh, clinic in a facility. So my first job was straight to Monterey, California, and I worked there for about a year, and then I moved to Santa Monica and worked at another sports uh, physio, sports PT, and then worked there for almost two years and went to another clinic that focused more on one-on-one, full-hour contact with clients. The other two previous clinics, it was about 15 to 17 patients a day. Um, And, I I mean, it would go every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes, and I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Working as a a trainer at Equinox 101 a full hour, I didn't sign up to help people for 20 minutes. So when I transitioned to a clinic that was full-on one-on-one hour, um, that's when I was like, okay, this is what I signed up for. However, I – I wasn't able to implement fully my style and my approach. I was being managed, micromanaged, or, you know, so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and take the risk. So within three years of graduating from PT school, I branched out as a solo practitioner. And so I've been a solo practitioner since June 2016, I believe. So so a little over two years now. So that's really interesting. So this is kind of – all of the education courses that I have taken, you know, like-minded people attend those courses. So I'm seeing a lot of chiropractors and a lot of PTs uh, doing essentially the same thing, where they're kind of branching out of the traditional model and then becoming outliers and, you know, having anywhere from, you know, half hour to hour long appointments with each client. And I think that uh, that's the way to go. And that's why, you know, I love, uh, being a massage therapist in the way that I practice is because I can really spend a lot of time with people and, you know, A, have conversations with them and get to know them and treat them as people instead of just clients, and then B, I can see if what I'm doing is making a difference. And I think yes. that that's really important. So, um, you know, that's I talk to a lot of people on this podcast that have that kind of mindset. And uh, so my next question is, how has your, uh, like, personal training or strength and conditioning background influenced your PT that you do right now? It actually influenced me a great deal. I had no idea that the path that I was on was going to help me in the future. So every journey, every path that I chose and decided to take on has has led me to where I am right now. Um it is very, very common for PTs to not have much of a movement background. It's just yeah. a common deal, unfortunately. So when I attended PT school four years after I graduated graduated from my bachelor's, um, I felt like I had a, 
it was me and one other person in a class of 55 who had a really, really strong movement background. Um, so it helped me a great deal because I performed numerous movement analysis as a trainer at Equinox. Equinox offers an in-house education for trainers. Um, so my eyes were trained to see a lot, um, any type of um, imbalances, um, dysfunctions, whatever it was, I, I ended up getting certified through NASM, Corrective Exercise Specialist, because I wanted something that was geared towards more so the PT route, because, I'm, because I knew I wanted to go to school, uh, back to school. So um, with that certification, it allowed me to see what someone else can't see. It took a while for people in PT school. I was able to lead by example among my classmates to help them out and and see, you know, postural deviations or any type of imbalances or any type of, like, uh, you know, movement that looks funky pretty much. <laughs> and, right. and, and, and so, yeah, it, it really helped me out a lot. Um, as an individual to further provide the the help someone needs movement-based wise. Right. And early on in uh, my career, one of my uh, biggest influencers was a coach over at OPEX Fitness. His name is Michael Band, And he kind of opened my eyes to all of this different education that was out there other than just like the standard massage therapy education. So, you know, like the, the DNS courses were some of the first courses that I took. And so I think that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that there's the, today's strength and conditioning coaches are up there as far as rehabilitative services go. And, you know, I think that uh, essentially you guys are studying the same thing. And depending on the strength and conditioning coach, because there's always, both ends of the spectrum, right? They're just studying their ass off in order to make humans better. And if we're looking at what it takes to make humans better, we're looking at the human and not just their movement or not just their strength or not just their, you know, whatever. It's just we're looking at digestion. We're looking at, you know, their their eating habits. We're looking at their lifestyle habits. We're looking at the whole entire picture. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I totally agree with you. But uh, in regards with strength coaches, I feel like strength coaches and PTs make a great team because it does take a village. Um, we right. help bridge each other's gaps um, in regards to really uh, optimizing someone's overall health. Like you said, looking at um, digestion and looking at the person uh, as a human being and as a relationship, the body, rather than typically if someone comes in with shoulder pain, you know, a lot of people tend to only look in that, into that area rather than, hey, you know what, liver refers to the shoulder. Lots right. of things can contribute to the shoulder pain. I mean, you name it, it's a whole list. But, yeah, really, I feel like both professions, and, and it's the individual behind the profession. Right. What brings, so, like, you know, if you're a PT, but it's, it's the person that brings the passion into that and helping someone out. And, and right. the passion that the person has to have a desire to further educate themselves to really treat the person from the inside out and really build a connection with them, enhance their awareness of their own body, and promote long-term results. So definitely both professions, strength coaches, PTs, um, you know, train. I work with a team of strength coaches, actually. Um, yeah. I pay rent at a facility, and I work alongside three strength coaches in um, Los Angeles area in California. 
So right. it's just a nice, a great team approach. Um, I volunteer once a week and, and provide them guidance and how they can further uh, enhance their movement program. Um, if anyone has an injury, I help guide them with movements to bring them out of pain and educate the, the strength coaches to, to take them up another level. And then I learn from them as well. So it's great right. to, to have that environment to work together as a team. Right. So I think that that's uh, – I like that it takes a village because I feel like in this day and age with, you know, I've been reading a lot about uh, Dr. Jack Cruz because he was on uh, Perry Nicholson's podcast, and that guy is one of the smartest people I've ever listened to. But anyway, he's saying that the further away we get from nature, the harder it is for us to get back. And so yeah. um, I think, like, what you just said is it takes a village. Like, it takes everybody. Like – you know, so I think that um, what I'm trying to get at is that competition is a negative emotion. And so, like, I'm not competing with PTs or chiropractors or other massage therapists or other strength coaches or whoever. We're all the same thing, and we need to start treating each other, like, as such. You know what I mean? So Yeah, collaborate rather than right, compete. Correct. And so, and, you know, not feel – uh, you know, anxiety about referring out to people because I have, exactly. I refer, right. Cause I refer to everyone, you know what I mean? And it's, it's my whole entire goal is to just make people better. That's why I'm on this planet. And so yes. if, if I can't do it, then somebody else can. And, you know, I think that that's really important, but then, um, you know, that, that course that I took with you, uh, what was that last year where, you know, I started learning about, all this other stuff that can affect shoulder pain because that's the, you know, just coming from the remedial massage therapy background where it's you know, like if the shoulder hurts then do these things on the shoulder, but it could be a gait related issue from the hip or it could be like you said, the liver, it could be any number of things. So it's, it's trying to kind of go down the hierarchy of needs and figure out what's going on. And so, you know, that's a, uh, Talk about that a little bit because I don't think a lot of people really understand how the body's connected in that way. Yes. Yeah. How do you want me to go about it? I don't know. That's <laughs> how much a, time you got, man? <laughs> I don't know because it's a loaded. It's, it's a loaded thing. So and that's yes. kind of where that's kind of what I'm alluded to is that yeah. There's there's so much going on there, and I think that you know the way that we're taught where it's the digestive system and then the cardiovascular system and then the respiratory system and then the nervous system. It's all, it's all the same thing. And so, and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where to even begin with that question. Yeah. No, I can. Let's, let's get started. I'll help you. Let's help each other out. (laughs) This is what it's about. Talk about collaboration, right? Totally. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, you you take a little bit of what you gain from various courses from, yeah. you know, like when I, you know, my bachelor's at the training, um, P, you know, the doctorate in PT, and then everything else that continues after that. Um, you take yeah. a little bit of everything and kind of blend it into something that's effective and whatever works best for the person that you're working with. And right. dependent on what they're telling you, because the majority of the time, they are telling you what's going on. And so when you right. take a little bit of what you gain from these courses and understand the body as a relationship and as a connection, 
that's when you're able to be like, okay, so for example, let's talk about shoulder again. And someone's telling, you know, I'm so pissed off about my situation. I'm angry. I'm frustrated, blah, blah. Those keywords, because there's a major emotional component to pain, is related with the liver. The liver holds the emotion of anger, frustration, irritability. Each organ of the body holds an emotion. And the client coming to you seeking for your services to get out of pain and be optimized in some way, they're telling you and it's being attentive to what they are saying and really connecting with them because it's not about you. As soon as they walk in that door, it's not about you whatsoever. So tuning in to what they're saying in key words, that's when I'm I'm like, okay, anger, frustration. And then my, my brain starts working. Okay, liver, definitely check that out. Okay, the emotional component, address it. What else are they angry about? Okay, if the right. pain happened five years ago, what happened five years ago? You know, right. external environment, work, their stress levels, you know, anything else, relationships, things like that. And then, you know, and then going more so the nutrition route that way. But pretty much figuring out where is the inflammation coming from. So you hear the right. emotional component and then reverse engineering with your questions to get the key answers of where where are they inflamed and why. Why are they inflamed? So finding the source of what's yeah. going on when it's not really the shoulder because the symptoms are side effects of what's going on, what's underlying. So it's asking key questions of just like, okay, so, you know, determining their inflammatory state, what type of immune response do they have according to how they handle stress, you know, that's more so um, was being mentored by a functional medicine specialist and gained a lot of insight on how to really look at the deep root cause of any pain that they're experiencing. You know, like what type of inflammatory type do they have? And then yeah. providing them with active solutions. So, yeah, just really paying attention to what they're saying. And, and I feel like that and having an overall Understanding of how the body is a relationship, like how you said, the nervous system, circulatory system, you know, organs, meridians, and emotional component, and simplifying the complexity. Right. When they come in, and just taking one day at a time. What other organs are attached to emotions? Oh, all all organs, kidneys. Yeah, kidneys. It's fear of moving forward. Low back pains related with um, not feeling. Uh, supported financially, physically, emotionally, just overall not feeling supported. Um, huh. your, your spleen, um, pretty much like fear, worry, um, your left psoas is abandonment issues. I mean, I can really? go knee joint, various joint issues, um, upper calf areas carrying burden. Elbow is difficulty making decisions. Knee pains related with not wanting to bend with life, so stubbornness. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff. You have bladder, you know, pancreas, all sorts of things that hold emotion. Everywhere in the body holds emotion. And I'm actually reading a book right now called The Emotion Code, written by Dr. Bradley Nelson, a chiropractor. And okay. he considers himself more of a holistic integrative and so he emphasizes that 90 percent of pain are trapped emotions yeah and he came up with the technique the emotion code that you can release trapped emotions yeah so yeah there was a dr john sarno talked about that a lot too that that Mm -hmm. 
the tension myoneural syndrome, which I think yes. is fascinating too. God dang. So we're just like super complicated creatures is what you're saying. And so I think that... No, we're not. We're actually well, simple. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Well, it's simplifying the complexity. It's not complex. It's not. It's uh, all about simplifying it. We're actually okay. very, very intelligent, the body is. And it's just, it's talking to you. It speaks to you. When there's pain, that's an opportunity to assess yourself. That's an opportunity to make a change in some way. So but people... Uh, they view it as a fear, fear-based, when it's like, okay, I'm in pain. The body is very intelligent, and it responds to normal responses. It's in pain for a reason to figure out why. It gets to the deep root cause. See, you just blew my mind to pieces right there. Okay. So, but, but, <laughs> Let's <laughs> not marinate for a second. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just sitting here staring at the wall like, okay. So now we got to unpack that. So, um uh yeah, so Dr. Perry talked about how you know, we're not complicated, we just tend to complicate things. Yes. So that's essentially what you're saying. Is I'm like, Wow, that's complicated and you're like, No and I'm like, What? And so <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need to uh kind of figure that out then. So like so See, see what happens. You just, I don't even know what I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> you just blew me right just, up. Oh, how fun! You're welcome. Which <laughs> <laughs> is why, which is why I have this podcast. So I can talk to people that are smarter than me, and everybody else can get this information. You know what I mean? So, ah, we're oh, we're each smart. We're each smart in our own way. And right. it's about you know like making so I just took you out of your comfort zone a little bit. You know, and now you're going to be uncomfortable, and then it's going to be comfortable. And well, then you so learn something new, and it'll be uncomfortable, and it's just like an ever-ending process. It's, that's called growth, growing pain, <laughs> pretty much. So, I don't know if I'm out of my comfort zone necessarily. You just, like, <laughs> shot my brain down a totally different trajectory, and now I'm trying to bring it back. Bring it back to the present. Don't come back. Don't come back. <laughs> just let stay there for a bit. <laughs> well, it's just that there's kind of a lot to unpack there. So, I mean, it's – it's um. You know, because my dad has been a massage therapist for 20 years, and he, um, I would watch him work on people, and especially women. Like, he said that a majority of women, from what he found, tend to keep a lot of their emotional stuff, like, in and around their gut. And so, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I've started to notice, too. And, um, you know, men tend to carry it more kind of in their you know, upper back and upper traps, like you said, just kind of, you know, shouldering the weight of the world, like you said, you know, so it's, uh, so what are, what are the techniques that you use in order to kind of get people back on track? Like, how do you start facilitating the healing in that? Yeah, that's like, a great question. Great question. And one thing to add for women, in the stomach, that's, that's our creative state. Right. That's where we create. And so if there's a disturbance in some way, a disturbance in creation, that's where our, that's where our womb, right? That's where we create. So I'm not surprised right. that he did find a, a, a relationship with women and having most of their pain in their gut. Um, so if, say, like someone were to come in and um, the healing process happens as soon as they come in. As soon as they choose to have a phone consultation with me and make an appointment with me, the healing begins already. Because they yeah. chose to. And right. so then the healing never stops. 
And how it be, and how it continues is when I am listening to what they are sharing and then having a solution to every problem that they express, to every pain that they express, to every injury that they express, is providing a solution. So in my head, my brain works like reverse engineer it, identify the problem, and provide solutions, no matter what, in some way that it gives them hope. It gives them some, like, light at the end of the tunnel that, like, hey, you are going to get back into running. You are going to be able to compete in a half Ironman in five months. You know, all of this, you know, like, yes, you are. And be the light for them. That's when the healing begins. It's stating some active solutions, identifying the deep root cause, and then the active solutions start. And then we're just proactive, boom. So it's just, like, assessing the body later. And then explaining and providing an educational, inspirational environment for that person to build a connection that's deeper with for their body. Because there's a disconnect when they come in. They no longer are in a great relationship with their body. They're hating it. They start the pain creates fear, and then that's just like an endless cycle. And then the opposite of fear is love, right? Right. So you want to create that, bring that back to just like, hey, your body's here for you. It's not working against you. It's communicating with you. And then creating a space to, because the body is a different language and just learning, guiding them to learn that language and create an awareness and connection with themselves in multi-level ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mindset, you know, talking about mindset coaching, talking about all aspects, variables, and addressing them bit by bit, layer by layer, so that the person, every time they come in, the healing still continues and still continues even when they leave. Because I provide continuous support. They can email me, you know, like, hey, this is happening, you know, like, and just guide them, just be like, what do they say, like a lighthouse? You're guiding them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, in a way, that's going to bring them to shore safely, but stronger than ever when they came in. Right. So I think uh, to add to the list of what you just said is also have a place that's free of judgment. Because I think yeah. that I think that the fear of judgment is a huge burden on a majority of the people that I see personally. And so just having them be able to come in and be able to express themselves in such a way to where I can just sit there and listen without judgment, I think is uh, very healing for them also. And, yeah. you know, because a lot of the stuff, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like you were talking about mindset, there's a lot of preconceived stuff as well. Oh, well, I want to do this, but what, what's my mom going to say? Or what's my brother going to say? Or what's my wife going to say? Or, what, you know, how do I do this without judgment from them or with that? Because they manifest this fear, right? And so the, the brain tends to... um trend towards negativity because that's what kept us alive, right? Just assuming that there's a jaguar around every corner trying to eat our face. And, you know, so that's kind of inherited. And so with some people, I think that it takes a lot of um, coaching and um, and kind of direction with the mindset stuff. And I talked to, uh, you know, uh, mutual friend John Foreman about this because he's like one of the 
the most incredible negative mindset squashers I've ever met in my life. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I agree with you. Yes, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I mean, he just shuts it down like metal, like metal door. Boom. Nope. Yeah. Shuts it down, but reprograms you. He reprograms you at the same time. <laughs> right, immediately though. Like, and so the the course that I took with you and him, like, I remember there was uh, one woman in the class that said, "Oh, I'm just a massage therapist." He's like, "You're not just a massage therapist. You never, you never say that again. Like, you are a massage therapist, and you're out there doing good for people, and you need to continue to do good for people, and you need to go in with that mindset that you can heal." And so you're not just a massage therapist, you are one. And I was just like, dang, right off the bat, like first 10 minutes, this guy's shutting it down, you know, like, and, you know, that guy, he's one of my favorite people on earth is because of that. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And a lot of the fear comes from what I see clients coming in is they get stuck on their diagnosis. They get stuck on whatever the MRI image is about. But the MRI image doesn't consider your emotional state, your, your nutrition state, you know, your stress levels, just sleep right. quality. MRI doesn't look into that. And people get stuck on that image. And it's like, well, there's more to you than just that. You right. know what I mean? And then the diagnosis, you're not your diagnosis. You are the yeah. action step you take to further, you know, optimize your health in all different ways, various ways. Um, So, yeah, a lot of it's fear-based, and it comes with limiting beliefs and, you know, from childhood and all of that, you know. Like, you can just – you can dig deeper if you wanted to, but it's just like, you know, it's up to us to really be the light because I'm certain you have experienced it yourself personally, and so have I. So we're using our struggle to – to make them a win for ourselves and for other people because we've experienced that. Most, tons of times. Yeah, I mean, I'm certain you had your struggle. That's why you became, you know, you wanting to help other people so they don't need to experience what you've experienced. I had a big injury in high school at age 16, and, you know, and that's when I'm like, I don't want anyone to ever experience being passed around to all these different doctors, being, you know, not being explained exactly what's going on with you or, like, lack of clarity and just, like, this disconnect, like, kind of dismiss, like, oh, you're not qualified for surgery, bye. You yeah. know, it's like, but I'm still in pain. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, or exercises that were still lame, <laughs> you know, right. back in the day. Right. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, these are, you know, and just, like, using that, you know, those oppor- like those opportunities to really lead by example and be the change you want to see within the field rather than complain about it, right? So, right. yeah, like, we're able to relate with the clients who come in with fear. I think right. that's why so, we're we're able to, like, make changes for people. Right. So let's unpack that because I think that's a lot, really interesting. So I've been um, unpacking a lot of this stuff over the last probably 13 years. So when I was a kid in third grade, there was this kid that would fight me every day. And every time we'd meet on the, par- the playground, he would just run up and we'd just start fighting. And then, you know, the fight we would fight each other and then the fight would be over and that was it. But it was every day. And then – Eventually, you know, the parents started getting involved, and then my mom got called to the elementary school, and then afterwards she told me, never fight again. And so I didn't, and that means that I never defended myself. So all the way through middle school, uh, high school, you know, I just got bullied and beat up all the time. And then um, 
shortly after uh, my divorce, I was, you know, incredibly overweight and, you know, uh, just very unhealthy, drinking a lot of alcohol, smoking a lot of cigarettes, and was like, okay, I need to make a change. And so I decided to pick mixed martial arts as my avenue from escape from this person. And one of the reasons was because I was afraid of conflict and just had this gut feeling that that was the direction that I needed to go in order to, A, overcome a fear, and B, get my health back, not just physically but mentally. So, um, you know, a couple of years into that mixed martial arts training, it's pretty rugged, and every once in a while I'd get dinged up and injured, and then I'd start to see um, my teammates get injured, and then that's where what kind of clicked in my head, like, ah, being injured sucks. And once and being an athlete becomes your identity, then that becomes the most important thing to you. And so if you're a competitive athlete and you roll your ankle and you can no longer do what you do, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. And all that you want to do is fix that. And so, you know, that's I um, that's kind of how it evolved to where I'm at now where, you know, that's my one and only goal is to keep people doing what they do, you know? So it's, it's really interesting that you said, you know, a lot of childhood stuff can catch up to people, but they don't realize that. It's like similar to, you know, working on scars. People think, well, this scar is, you know, 18 years old. How can that affect my whole entire body? You know, so it's the same kind of right. concept. You just have mental scars, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's perspective too, because everything is just it's feedback, right? And it's up to us how we perceive that event, right? So it can be it's all neutral, presents itself neutral, but it's the space we're coming from. If it's like, oh my God, victim mindset, or we can use it as a, an ability to grow and learn, and right. use that so that yeah, as a win, yeah. I hear you. No, we don't take no for an answer, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're just like, oh, like, well, this doctor said I couldn't do this. I'm like, you know what? Not not on my time. <laughs> You're going to be yeah. able to do this. You know what I mean? Like, no yeah. joke. And a lot of people don't know this story, but I was rejected from PT school four years in a row. Yeah. And you know? And, yeah, and this is even, when I was, yeah. And I was a I trainer at Equinox it. at yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even make it. I, I failed out of uh, my uh, final physics class that I needed in, as a prereq to get into, the, like, the exercise science or whatever. And so I didn't even make it through the prereqs, you know, and because my brain doesn't think that way. And so yeah. when somebody's trying to teach me calculus or math, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, and if you can explain to me, how this is going to be helpful in my career and how I'm going to use it every day, then I'm in. You know what I mean? So, like, you right. know, when when I was um, going through, you know, anatomy and physiology and we were talking about the women's menstrual cycle, I'm like, why the hell would I ever need this if I'm going to be a PT? This doesn't even make any sense. But mm-hmm. later on, you're like, mm, see, women need to have a menstrual cycle because if they're not, then something screwed up and we need to figure out what that is and that could be the cause of their pain that could be the cause of their depression or anxiety it could be you know what I mean so it's actually really important but I needed somebody to explain to me how it was important to my career and then I'm all over it you know what I mean just diving right in so and I think um, the 
what I've learned over the last three and a half years of uh, uh, these education courses that I've been taking is that if you're inspired and and really into it, then I'm really into it. Like some of the best teachers I've ever had were these education courses that I've attended because they're just super pumped on this information and are just like so excited to share it with you. And, you know, the physics teacher that I had at this community college was like, okay, here we go. Here's this thing. Do it. I'm going to drink my soda. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't learn from this person. You know what I mean? She's like, you right. have to be inspiring. So, you know, just you you figure out ways to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And my whole entire goal was to help people and you know, massage therapy was the path to do that, and for you, physical therapy was the path to do that. And you know, you have your personal training background, and I think that that's really important for people to hear is that there's always ways to help people. Oh yeah, remember it's just the title, the avenue. Right. You know, it's the person behind the title, title that like that's the person, that's the deal. <laughs> it's the right. person as an individual, right? Right. And so, and then you know, working as a team, like how we spoke about it, takes a village. Just really working cohesively. Right, and then, you know, the, alluding to kind of what we were talking about earlier, there's people on uh, both ends of the spectrum, right? So there's people that are like, you know, there's PTs out there that are like, well, I'll see five or six people at a time. And I'm like, well, how do you know if these exercises are even helping these people? Like, have, do you, did you, are you screening them? Are you noticing that their movement patterns are changing while you're paying attention to these other five people? Like, how is this working? You know, so I think that, it's, uh, um, so, yeah, sorry, I'm just formulating thoughts in my head. No, <laughs> you're good. You're, you're on the right. No, it's pretty much is what I, what you just shared right now. It just reminded me, because I say this often with, with, with big friends, colleagues, clients, whomever, is that we need shit to grow. Like, right. <laughs> we really do. We need to go through shit in order to grow. That's how flowers grow, trees, you know what I mean? Right. We need shit to grow, so do we. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's like, so I had a a client come in to me the other day that's been having sciatic pain. And she's like, well, you know, I went to PT for four weeks and my sciatic pain didn't clear up. So then they just discharged me. And I'm like, well, you know, the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind, they like, there's a lot of PTs out there that have the standard practice and standard protocol for sciatic pain and those exercises work for a majority of people but then there's some people where they don't and then they need something else you know what i mean so does that make sense or yeah and so i think that's where there's you know the exceptional practitioners are like okay so this isn't working let's figure out what will and figure out what's going on and i think that that's what I was talking about earlier that you got to spend time with these people and you got to do the one-on-one thing because that's how I personally feel that that should work is that you're like, okay, so these exercises don't work and let's figure out something else instead of just being like, sorry, you know, good luck somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate. And especially like when I've like, all my resources have been used up. It's like, gosh, there's gotta be something else out there. That's how I got into energy frequency therapy. Right. And then that's how I was, yeah, so I was like, there's got to be something out there that can really help someone, you know, immediately and provide continuous relief and support and all of the good stuff. And then, you know, that's how I crossed paths with Dr. Stuart Gillespie. 
uh, functional yep. medicine specialist and, and attended more than a handful of his courses and gained a lot of insight. And now we're able to co-treat uh, clients together and just yeah. really uh, finding out where the truth is, you know, why they're having sciatica or why they're having inflammation pretty much. And right. um, so, yeah, it's just like, well, something's not working, any type of realm, movement, you know, whatever, like, you know, keep going, like, don't give up, like, there's something else, or, like, reach out to someone, like, reach out to me, reach out to, you know, to you, reach out to whomever, because the answer is there, it's, like, it's detective work, um, right. but, yeah, I agree, it's, like, it sucks when someone else gives up, and then the person gets passed around from different people, but, right. you know, that's so and great that you were able to help that person out. Yeah, and that, that's why I'm so grateful to do what I do, because it's just such a fulfilling fulfilling thing and I'm just so I wake up every day and I'm just so happy that this is what I do and that I just <laughs> nice. get to help people help people you know what I mean <laughs> so and great. So it is and it's uh um yeah so I'm taking um that new uh functional medicine and movement course from Perry and uh Stuart in November and nice. I talked my yeah I talked my wife into taking it with me I'm super pumped and I can't because <laughs> I've been on just an education rampage over the next couple, last couple of years to where she's like, if you take one more, I swear to God. And I was like, well, you're a CrossFit coach, and you can take these two. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, cool, let's do one together. And I'm like, yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited to learn from him. I've been following him for a while. I'm um, excited you are too because it's going to take you to another level. So yeah, he's, uh, he's Dr. Stewart is amazing and, and a huge inspiration and, um, he'll really take you to another level. So, and it's great with Perry too. And so yeah. I'm excited you signed up. So oh, you definitely man, won't regret this fun. one. No, yeah. I don't. And so that's my, uh, that's, I've been very fortunate to follow the right people, you know, so like, um, you know, following my friend Michael Bannon, he's like, hey, you need to take this DNS course. And then, you know, I met my uh, one of my most important mentors, um, and his name is Mitch Peretz. And that guy is one of the smartest humans I've ever met in my life. Like, if I call him for advice on a client and he starts talking to me, I'm like, shit, should I pull over and start taking notes? What do I What do? I do? Like, <laughs> He's just telling me all of the information. But, uh, you know, so he's the one that introduced me to muscle testing. And then um, and then I found uh, Perry through muscle testing and then found NKT. And then it just it's this, keeps his ball rolling. So I just follow the right people, and they keep saying, take this, take that, take this. And then, you know, the podcast is another way to reach out and and learn and, you know, build a bigger community. And it's – and then – you know, get more advice because, you know, after a while, um, you know, like uh, Dr. Ben Stevens up in uh, Canada was talking to me about how, you know, some of these courses tend to kind of bleed together with the information, but like you were just, like you said, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, there's certain things that you take from each course that you just put right in your toolbox immediately. You know what I mean? So like DNS and PRI are essentially the same kind of concept, but they explain it different ways, right? So, um, yes, right. you know, when I was teaching boxing, like, I use this analogy a lot. You, the 
it's insane the amount of different ways you have to explain people to jab. You know, like, you just stick your arm out and pull it back real fast. That's a jab. What are you doing? Like, why are you complicating it? But you have to explain it all these different ways to all these different people because they don't understand the same thing the same way. And so that's right. why, you know, I go to all these different courses, but then there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, my God, got to assimilate all this information. You know, so... Because... <laughs> 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 You know, yeah, and that's think how, the best. Think the best of each one. Yeah, there is an East Most with you. Yeah, and that's like when I came back from uh, Phoenix after learning from you and uh, Dr. Porman, I was like, what the fuck just happened to my brain? Like, <laughs> I opened up Safari on my phone, and there was like 15 pages of things that I needed to look up, and I was like, I don't even, you know, then that's where that, that frequency therapy was huge for yes. me. It was yeah. just because, you know, I was look, reading up on all this how emotion causes pain. I'm like, how do I fix that? You know what I mean? And right. then you start realizing that there's, you know, like global inflammation. And you're like, how do I fix that? And then inflammation in the brain. Well, how do I fix that? I can't do anything about that. And then, you know, just on down the list, like liver dysfunction. You know, what if your adrenals are overactive or underactive? Yeah. Like, how do you fix that? But then the, you're just like, well, use this frequency. And you're like, oh, my God. And then it just changes everything. And, you know, it's – and then it's just more and more information that you have to learn because then you can start affecting all this crazy stuff. And it's just – it's interesting to me. Some of the clients that I come that come to me that are like, God, I've been having these migraines forever. I'm like, well, let's just clear out this lymph node right here and see how you feel. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. not – Yeah, And so – you know, then it's kind of hard for me to talk about this as being a massage therapist is, you know, I think that uh, the way that the medical system is kind of set up right now is is just, it's pretty ridiculous because you only, they only have like 10 to 15 minutes with each person. You know, I've heard a lot of functional medicine doctors talk about this stuff, like Chris Kresser and Dr. Ben Lynch, you know, how they... Uh, you know, have these people that are just like, well, I don't even, the doctor said there's nothing that they can do, and then they just gave me these generic kind of pills to just kind of fix maybe something, and, you know, just, why don't we just address their lymphatic system? You know what I mean? I just, it's just, right. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I was raised by both medical physicians. <laughs> my yeah. father, yeah, they're both now retired, but my father was a pediatrician, and my mom was a family physician and a wound care specialist. So okay. I w- witnessed the the poor system as a kid growing up, and I would hear their stories. I would hear their frustrations that they would express because of how the system that they fell into. However, they, they wanted to be the change also as best they could, but they were stuck in this, like, whole political system in the medical system, um, you know, with the pharmaceuticals and, and yeah, all yeah. of that, you know, it just it sucked. I would see them. I witnessed that. And I remember as a kid of like gosh, like I, I there's gotta be a way to change that system in a way. And so that's what led me to the path. So I've witnessed it since I was a kid, listening to it from my parents, even like being dropped off to the clinic after school where I needed to do homework or, you know, like staying after school and I would see my mom treating patients or my father. Um so like I knew at a very young age it was messed up. 
And um, it, it's growing, I mean, and it's changing, but it still continues to be there. And that's where we need to step up and lead by example even more so. And, um, you know, like we could, like, and because for myself, it's like, okay, we could talk about this all day, but where is that going to lead us? That's where we come right. in, like provide the active solutions that are going to be, you know, because they provide Band-Aid solutions all the time and that's where we step in it's like no here we go like these are going to give you you know long-term results and and being aware of that and connecting with people and colleagues we're able to like collaborate um one of the collaborations and going back to it takes a village dr stewart gillespie and i have an online program that we offer with clients so that no one else gets the band-aid solution so no one else gets passed around you're being you know direct access to both of us together so we're able to like collaborate and come up with a program for people you know so that's out there and having it online so distance isn't you know an excuse that you can't receive um you know quality you know what i mean so yeah like yeah. it's just like networking with people talking with people sharing stories of like you know how the system is and how it's you know, sucks and yeah. and and expressing it and sharing it, like how we are right now and saying like, hey, we can change it because the client's going to come in and see that it is changing and that we can be hope for them and then they're going to share that with somebody else. Who's going to share it with somebody else and there and then it's going to lead just going you know, I would always say plant the seed and watch it grow. Right. And I feel like that's how we can make changes. And my parents have changed. They've seen how my approach is. And they're super yeah. into the energy frequency therapy and the not, you know, not using pain meds anymore and, like, making changes for their gut health. And, like, it's been awesome gaining their support, you know, and, 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 and it's changing. It's just, like, you know, being confident with what you have to offer and being certain that you're you're focusing on the end results the clients are coming in, but like my parents are spreading the word with their medical colleagues too. Like, yeah. hey, my daughter's doing this, you know, or hey, and that I feel like it will create like a ripple effect of goodness, <laughs> you know, right. of creating changes and shifts within the system. Yeah, so I have a, a friend of mine who's a massage therapist also that's really been kind of hyper focused on that, and every time she. Mm talk to me about that then I kind of shut down because like I'm really trying to stay you know within the the area of influence that I have you know what I mean and I I just that's such a such a huge kind of daunting and overwhelming task like that there's no way that I could even begin to approach that you know so then uh, she took that um, primal movement change with uh, Dr. Perry uh, last weekend with me, and we were sitting around having lunch, and she brought that up to him. And he's like, no, you're not going to – you're never going to change the medical system, but what you can mm -hmm. do is be, you know, an influencer in the outliers. And so if you build enough of a uh, uh, community of outliers, then that starts to bleed into the system. And I was yes. like, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, your, I think that the primary focus there is just do what you do the best that you can do it, and eventually that'll start bleeding into all these different institutions. Oh, yeah. It only takes one person. Yeah. So when I first branched out solo, I was scared because I'm like, oh, my God, where am I going to get clients, you know, or like, right. what do I do when it's slow? And my father would always say, 
as long as you have one, right. that's all you need. He's right. like, one would share with somebody else, with somebody else, with somebody else. And you would, you would say to, you know, you can't be rich without a penny. Right. You know, you can create a change with one person, and that's going to create right. a ripple effect. And just being aware of that and remember that, that, yes, that things are changing and progressing. It's going to – that's why it takes a village. We need more to share stories and just, like, you know, create changes for the clients. And that's where the shifts are going to happen are through the clients. Um, to share yeah. with the MDs, to share with the surgeons, to share, like, hey, you know, I don't need surgery anymore. Why? Right. And then they can explain. They're like, what? You know, um, so focusing more on that. Yeah. It's, it's uh, super interesting. And so I kind of want to uh, switch gears a little bit because you mentioned, you know, going out on your own. And that's a really scary thing to do. So, you know, when I graduated massage school, uh, fortunately, my wife is um, a CVICU nurse, so she was the breadwinner, which kind of allowed me to start my own practice instead of working for somebody else. So that way I could practice the way that I want to practice. And so now I've created this kind of unique niche for myself to where there's nobody around me that really does what I do the way that I do it, right? So, and I think that that's incredibly valuable and and that's what I'm hearing from you and you said you started yours about three years ago, right? I went, branched out solo two years ago. Two years ago, okay. So that's... In 2016, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of, we're kind of in the same boat there. So then it's like, so what, uh, that kind of, um, what I'm alluding to is like fear-based decisions and what you should do is just head towards the fear because that's going to be the best decision that you ever made, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm so happy that I did because, oh, my gosh, I had so many support with this decision. And yeah. you want to surround yourself with people who are going to bring you higher, right? And so I'm grateful for the support system that I have. And during that time, um, this is what happened, actually. I have a really close friend of mine, and he, he was a client of mine. He was a strength coach. He is a strength coach, actually. He still is. And yeah. he came to me. He couldn't lift because his back was hurting. And I, I got him back to lifting within six visits with me. And then we just became great friends. We stayed in touch. And then I was like, hey, I miss lifting weights. I want to be your client. Like, you know. So then we just started collaborating, coming up with, like, creative ideas. And we meet once a week. And he was he – was, he's such a learner. So he would ask me questions. And then I would, you know, I was his mentor and he was mine. And one right. time we were listing, he, you know, he was like, you know what, Sophia, I'm not going to collaborate with you anymore unless you branch out solo. I was like, what? <laughs> it, it was already, like, there. Yeah, and then, like, so it was already kind of brewing anyway. Like, as soon as I graduated from PT school, the patients that I was interacting with at the first clinic were already telling me, you are not a typical PT. They were immediately sure. to be like, you are – you are a healer, a legit one, and you need to go off on your own. I heard it as soon as I graduated from PT school and all the clinics that I worked at, three of them. And it was kind of already brewing for me, but it is scary because you're trained to stay, stick with the clip, the system. Stick with the right. system. Don't brush out. You know, don't, you know, don't color outside the line. You know what right. I mean? And so then when he said this, I don't know, for some reason, it just like really, Boom, like, 
but I want to collaborate with you. I want to be able to do all these workshops and, and, you know, reach out to more people in some way. No joke, two weeks later, I put my Teresa notice (laughs) right after that conversation. And then after that, I just, I didn't, I just took that big step. And I was just like, I'm ready. You know, like, I want to be able to have the flexibility because, you you know, go back to your why. My why was gain the flexibility, more attentiveness for clients, more, you know, not needing permission to take time off. That was a major issue for me. Not needing permission to take time off, to go to a continuing education course, to come see my family in Puerto Rico. You know, I was only allowed two weeks in one year pay vacation in the previous clinic. No, I was... And then, like, if I went over, I wasn't allowed to leave. And I'm like, how is that quality? How can I serve someone on a higher level when I can't even, like, take time off for myself? Right. So then then that, that was the other deal is, like, valuing self-care, branching out solo. So right. you just, I just went for it. I was ready, and I just I went for it. Well, <laughs> and it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what you have to do is just burn the ship yeah. and get after it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, you did did you have like money saved up or or how did that work? No, did you, did no money just saved up. Line? Yeah. Yeah, no loans, no money right. saved up like at right. all. I literally was like dollar per dollar, and then yeah. I was like, all right, we'll see if any clients follow me because I had to. You know, I couldn't share to with clients where I was going. And I was like, yeah. okay, there's Google. They can Google me. So I yeah. got a website up and running within two months. And about – I had 15 people contact me and follow me. I've had yeah. clients for the past three to four years following right. me all over the place and have been committed and loyal. And 100% of my clients are word of mouth. Right. 100%. Yeah. And that has been yeah, a goal of mine when I first branched out. It's like, I want to keep it old school, like how my parents did, how my father did. When when he first went solo, my father, his visits were $10 back in the day yeah. because he wanted to provide quality care for people and attention. And right. I was like, I want to go back to old school when it was word of mouth. There wasn't internet back then. And I did it. And I'm still doing yeah. it 100% word of mouth. So, so you know, that's – yeah, go ahead. What's interesting is, uh, is, you know, I got sucked into the Yelp advertising and lost a whole lot of money on that because that doesn't mm. work. And then, you know, the the influence of, you know, trying to advertise on Facebook or Instagram, like, you know, none of that works. But I think that what is really important about the – the word of mouth thing is the culture, right? So you're creating a culture in your space. And I think that the culture is so important because you still have to love your job, right? Because there's people out there that you're just like, I don't like that person. They just don't vibe (laughs) with you, right? Right. And so if you have one of those people as your client or as your patient, then you're like, shit, I have to see this person on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden you don't like your job anymore. Right. So I think that your culture is important, and that's why word of mouth works so well, is because like-minded people attract like-minded people. And so yes. if if you want more like-minded people, then those people talk about you, and then those people come in, right? Yes. And, and actually, I'm glad you brought that up, because I, when I went out solo, I realized, you know, 
a lot of self-development needs to happen. So if right. I want to attract a certain client, client, I need to be that person too and create, right. come from a space that's clear. Um, right. So a year later, I a close friend of mine, so that strength coach that told me to branch out solo, his roommate is a uh, a business lifestyle coach. So yeah. then I became his client, and so he's been my coach. And his program, the first four weeks, it's all pure self-development, yeah. all of it. It's getting rid of your fears, not getting rid of but facing them, uh, reprogramming yourself so that you can serve from a higher level. And that's right. taken me to a whole other level, um, do, having a coach. Because, like, we coach people. We need coaches, too. Right. You know, different types of coaches. And so that's what further helps me you know, gain more so confidence, certainty, because during that time, um, last July, my cousin died in a tragic accident, and I, like, hit rock bottom. And luckily, two weeks later, I was able to, like, I started the program with my coach, and he was the one that was reminding me what my why is. What is my why? My why is to, like, this, 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 right, to help people from the inside out, you know, whatever it is. And that's what got me out of bed every day was focusing on the why. Um, So I'm grateful for uh, the coaching program, too, that I I needed that for myself because I was like, okay, I understand that this grieving process, but I still want to serve on a higher level. It's been quite a journey the past year of just, like, you know, self-care is very, very necessary when when you're working with other people. When you right. want to take him to the next level, take yourself to the next level at the same time, too. Right. And so that's, I think, is really important, and that's kind of what I uh, learned from that same mentor, Dr. Mitch Peretz. He just was started going on and on about the psychology of the human being. And then so I started, you know, learning a lot about self-love. From uh, I, The first book I read was um, from Eric Fromm called The Art of Loving. And then so he talks about, you know, immature love, which is where you're trying to attract um, attention and compliments and love from outside sources instead of loving for yourself. And then mm-hmm. when you truly love yourself, then that's mature love. And then people can truly love you because you truly love yourself. Right? Yeah, so and you attract that, yeah. And then everything else flourishes. Right. So And, you know, so going through, like, and unpacking all that and then going into, like, Jordan Peterson stuff where you're just like, hey, man, you got to deal with your own bullshit. That's like <laughs> – <laughs> because – and so that's something that I try to do often. You know, like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Is it shame? Is it is it anger? Is it frustration? Because a lot of those emotions are very similar. Am I embarrassed? Like, what is this? And then unpack your own stuff and sit with yourself and see what is really going on in your head, you know. And then I kind of wanted to go back to the fear thing. So in my uh, last uh, podcast with Ms. Hawk, we were talking about fear and how um, I was listening to uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast with Jamie Foxx, and he said a quote that stuck with me for since then that he said that, there's nothing on the other side of fear, right? So then that goes back to, like, the the mixed martial arts thing where I was afraid of conflict. But once I learned everything there was to know about conflict, then I was no longer afraid of it, right? So, you know, just going 
is my whole point is just go. Like whatever you're afraid of, just get after it. And you're going to learn a lot about it. And you're going to realize that there's really nothing to be afraid of. You just got to go. Yeah, because they say false evidence appearing real. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then you learn most about yourself. Right. And then, you know, like you said, it's just stuff, like, once you start unpacking all your own bullshit, then it's, like, stuff that, you know, your mom said offhand when you were, like, four years old, and you're just like, oh, my God, change your life forever. But then it's really not even a thing. Like, once you figure out when that's what it is, you're just like, oh, shit, that doesn't even really matter. So then, yeah, and then you can rewrite your story. You can right. rewrite it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> because that's huge. Like parents are just such a huge influence. I know. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So and then, you know, one of the there's um uh one quote that really kind of helped me out at the very beginning. And you know, cuz you know, like you said, and starting out scary because you don't have what you used to have, which was a steady income. You know what I mean? So that's why a yeah. lot of people don't follow their dreams, and that's why a lot of people stay where they're at is because the income is steady and it's a safe place. Yep. You know, so, uh, but the quote is, if you need it, then you're not, then you're afraid of not getting it, and then when you don't get it, then you manifest that fear. Yeah. Which I, which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, oh, man, so then what do I need? And so you're like, well, I need more clients. But if I need them, then I'm afraid of not getting them. And then when I'm afraid of not getting them, then I manifest that. Yep. And then I don't get clients, right? So then. Exactly. But if you're not afraid, if you're not needing and you're just doing what you do, then people come. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a, another quote that a really good friend of mine said um, just about three weeks ago that just you know, crush the very fiber of my being, just like when John Foreman said, there is no box. I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But she said, uh, money doesn't exist. And I was like, what what does that mean? And so for the last, like, three weeks, I've been, like, really trying to figure out, like, what she means by that and kind of what my interpretation of that is and what – the reality is is that I always get what I need, and I don't – and if I only get what I need, then I don't need more than that. That's kind of yes. what I – that's kind of what I interpret that. So what what are your thoughts on that? Well, you already have what you need. Right. When you wake up in the morning, you can say, I already have everything that I need. <laughs> and then in, in regards to uh, money – it's a it's a mindset deal. So that stems again with childhood and like you know if you don't have enough or you know right. limiting beliefs with finances, right? So money a lot of times because we are in an industry where we're providing for others, we don't feel like oh I don't want to charge for that. We're helping people. We don't want to charge for that. Yeah. But then it's like well you know it's an exchange. It's an energy exchange. Money is an energy exchange. You shared your energy. This person is more than happy to exchange their energy, which is money, for you. So it's like if you view it as an energy exchange, then it's like it's a it's like a thank you, you know, like yes, like you know what, I'm worth this, like because of this, and and then just building a a, a relationship with money, and also it's dynamic. 
When yeah. you look at your bank account, it's not going to be the same the next day, right? right? And that's what I would look at because when I first branched out solo, I was like, holy fucking shit, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know? I'm like, okay. I took a deep breath, and I remember my father said, you, could, you can't be rich without a penny. So it pretty much started with a penny. And then yeah. it's dynamic. You know, you look right. at your bank account, it could be whatever, and then it's going to grow. And then it will right. fall and then grow. And then it's like when you detach from that and just realize it's energy exchange, it's just like, gosh, limitless abundance because yeah. you're you're abundant yourself. You're limitless right. yourself. And money is an energy exchange. So maybe that's wow. why it could be like money doesn't exist because it's an energy exchange between two people, you know, yeah. especially with what we do. Unbelievable. See, so it's like this whole – it's this whole different mindset that's completely detached from the societal standard, right? Yes. Because the, the societal standard is abundance, but if you go into your every day, like you said, saying you have you already have what you need. Yes. Hmm. See, blew my brain up again. That's twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna keep happening. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be residual effects. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- yeah, just th- these whole, all these different paradigm shifts that I've just had in the last two years. You know, just meeting all these phenomenal human beings, and you know, like going back to, um, you know, the stuff that I learned. Like once I got out of massage school so that's the thing is like you learn once you get out of school right it's mm-hmm. like that's where you learn and so i was uh uh my wife has had this hip injury for years and years like over a decade and uh she was you know her family's in denver so we were um visiting my mentor and uh he's in boulder the dr mitch Perez that i've been talking about and this guy so he charges um like a pretty good sum for per hour but he sees you as long as he needs to see you and so he saw my wife for like two and a half hours and my jaw was on the floor this whole entire time so like so he's a a, a chiropractor um and applied kinesiologist and is uh dry needling and acupuncture and all this different stuff he's been doing this for like 40 years so he has like all of the knowledge it seems like but the whole entire first hour was essentially just like psychology like breaking down her psychology where's all this pain coming from what's her path like what's this and what's that and what's she eating and all this different stuff and then but during that psychology session i brought up a client that i had where i was like man this woman she has she's been coming to see me for years and she has this neck pain that just won't go away and then he interrupted me and said i wonder which hand her dad hit her with and i was like what did you just say to me what did you just say (laughs) and he said well there's this like from my experience, when it comes to neck pain, it's abuse. And then he started talking about, like, neurotags and how, you know, there's, like, this neurotag for, you know, pain that's related to abuse. And then so whenever there's a situation in her life that starts to manifest as abuse, then that pain in her neck comes back. Yes, like and an I, imprint. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was like, holy shit. And then, you know, one of the other ones that I had was um, 
Um, are you uh, familiar with like Gary Gray and maps, 3D maps, and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. So like, so when somebody started talking about like real person anatomy instead of dead person anatomy, <laughs> and that like <laughs> that the knee or the the quad uh, resists knee flexion instead of extending the knee under the forces of gravity. I was like, hold on, yes. what did you just say? Yes. Like, you know, there's, like, all these different things. And then, like, the joint-by-joint joint approach by uh, Greg Cook and uh, uh, Michael Boyle, where they're talking about, like, you know, there's, like, the knee is the stupid joint in between the ankle and the hip. So if there's a knee injury, it's either because of the ankle or because of the hip. It's not because of the knee. And I was like, Right. So there's all these different, like, paradigm shifts that I've kind of had where I'm just, like, feel like I'm literally, like, restructuring my brain and the way that it thinks, and it just makes me really tired for, like, two or three days in a row. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, that whole, like, everything you just said, like, you already have what you need. That just, that just messed me up, and that's going to be something that I'm going to be thinking for a couple of days, and I'm really, yeah. So, uh, yeah, say it to yourself as soon as you wake up. Every As soon as you wake open your eyes, tell yourself you have everything you need, and you'll see oh, some God. crazy shifts happen. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to stop there. <laughs> exactly. That's a, good way, that's a good way to leave off. So uh, let's tell people where they can find you. Oh, so, um, actually, it's interesting you just brought that up. So, my website currently is being redesigned. You can okay. check it out, but it's not that great. Um, it's SophiaCostaDPT.com, and it's Sophia with an F. So, S-O-F-I-A-C-O-S-T-A-D-P-T.com. Um, so, I'll recommend following me on Instagram, Dr. Sophia Costa, D-R-S-O-F-I-A-C-O-S-T-A. Um, because I've been posting and, and being consistent and also will announce when the website launches as well as a landing page um, for people with low back pain. So I um, send out three videos on how you can overcome low back pain without doing a single exercise. So it's emphasizing on movement awareness, um, building a connection with yourself. So I give a little snippet on that, gut health, and um, diaphragm breathing. Nice. So those are videos that would be coming your way. And as soon as that's completed, that would be on my bio, on my Instagram. And, yeah, <laughs> there's, Perfect. like, two great ways. Yeah. Um, what books are you reading right now? I am reading um, The Emotion Code by Dr. Okay. Bradley Nelson. Almost done with it. And also reading The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be by Jack Canfield. The writer of um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I highly recommend that one for you if you haven't read that one. Okay, I think I've read that one already. I'm gonna double check though. <laughs> the, <laughs> okay. the, the emotion code is uh, on my list. See, you screwed up my brain with some of this stuff, and so it's not thinking at 100. <laughs> percent That's okay. That's a, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. All right, and I'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, that sounds great. Take care. Thank you. All right, bye. bye.